there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. We're brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. If you're in the market for a new or new to you, Silverado or Colorado, I recommend Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. Pat, how are you doing today? Doing fine after the last weekend, but the Packers helped a little bit. But uh, getting back on track. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with that uh, Michigan debacle, and let's start before the game started because that was probably the best part of the the day. Uh, obviously, the news came out last week. Uh, it's now. Uh, it now, <laughs> make sure I have it right here. It's new to me. Is it Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall? I believe is how uh, it is being named. And, and you were around for some of the festivities and. I guess, what are your thoughts on Barry getting that honor and then also being able to catch up with uh, a lot of uh, people you probably knew through your time here at Wisconsin? Well, that was a lot of fun. I mean, you see a lot of the guys that were back, about 150 or so, I think it was, they figured the crowd was that high. And unfortunately, I didn't see any of the assistant coaches. I was kind of looking forward to maybe seeing a few of those guys, but uh, they weren't, uh, weren't around. But a lot of the players, you know, it's always interesting to see the players when they uh, – when they you know they leave you know they're 19, 20, 21 years old, and then you see them later on, and none of them ever thought they'd be 40 years old. You know they get to be a little old, maybe a little bit not as good a shape, and a little bit heavier than some. And but it was good to see them because a lot of them you could you could still see that they had a little bit of athleticism back in them. And some of them they kept themselves in pretty good shape, but uh, you know the field was. Uh, it was kind of a surprise to Barry in terms of making the uh, naming the field in his honor, and uh, you know he's uh, he's he's uh, he's deserving of that. And I think that with respect to the, you always try to find what you can do and things like that. I know years ago, it was uh, the field we tried to get the field named for Oscar Meyer, but they they didn't bite on it at that point in time. It was years long. But that's uh, that's kind of the way things go. That's the way things are happened. And so they had some people that uh, took it on themselves, and Ted Kellner kind of spearheaded the group and raised about $13 million, and uh, and that would go for naming the field. And, uh, you know, you're just never, never going to change Camp Randall. That's always going to be the way it is. The only thing you change is the field, just like they did McLean Center, I think it's Hirsch Field inside, and uh, and so those are those are the way things happen nowadays. And I guess it probably just we just couldn't get another statue up there in terms of there's too many <laughs> other statues anyway. But I but I think that that's uh, certainly uh, you know he was probably one of the the best bowl game coaches that there ever was. I mean I think certainly the record with the bowl games where it was outstanding and three Rose Bowls, uh, you know. He, I know in '94 he took the monkey off the back for most of the guys that had played either in '53 or '63, and and uh, it was kind of a 
a relief that we finally won the Rose Bowl, and that was, you know, just everybody universally said it was one of the best games we've ever played, and and that was a good start, and uh, that kind of kicked us off and get the two in back to back in '99, 2000, I think it was, and uh, and so that's never been done before. So uh, a lot of good bowl games, a lot of good memories. Certainly a well-deserved honor for Coach Alvarez, Pat, but. Uh, I saw that you ran into our teammate here at ESPN Madison, Scrappy Aaron Norvell. Uh, was he always as energetic and crazy as he is now? Like when, when he was a player, was he yep. just uh, over the top always? Because it, that's what we it, know it him as. Exactly the way he was. He didn't change one bit. And, uh, I don't know where he got it because his dad wasn't that way, and his mother, who I went to grade school with, uh, wasn't that way either. They were very calm, and I think Jay's maybe got more of those genes. But uh, surprisingly enough, he was wearing his dad's Rose Bowl. With Blazer and uh, and I, I still got mine downstairs in the in the in the closet and uh, he was wearing. I'm surprised because his dad I didn't think was anywhere near the size of Scrappy and uh, and he, uh, he filled it out pretty good. He got into that coat. I didn't think he would be able to make it, but uh, <laughs> sounds like he's uh, still finding his way and got a couple different irons in the fire. And uh, but he does, he doesn't lack for energy. That's for sure. No, uh, no, he does not. Uh, but the uh, actual game, I'm not sure. It wasn't really a lack of energy, and obviously Mertz getting hurt really kind of threw everything completely uh, sideways for the Badgers. But the game was in a tough spot to begin with there. And, um, I mean, I guess what was your thoughts taken away from Michigan finally? I know it's not a full season, but obviously they never really beat Ohio State, but they never really had much success against the Badgers. So, uh, Harbaugh finally getting a little bit of success uh, in the state of Wisconsin against the Badgers. Yeah, he really did. I, I kind of looked at it as if, you know, for years Michigan was hyped up to be, not hyped, but, well, it was touted to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten when he came in. And it's taken about five years for that to, you know, win a game against us where, where we mean something. And I was thinking that maybe this is – you know, we've got a little bit of that syndrome. You know, we've we've been ranked very high at the beginning of the year, mainly it's on reputation and uh, a couple times. And and this year we just ranked high, and we haven't been able to to get ourselves off the snide, so to speak. And uh, Michigan's kind of on the little upsurge now. It's a very important time for us to kind of regain that momentum that we had. And uh, you know, we're still we still are in decent shape in the division and. Uh, do those things, but uh, it was disappointing for sure. I mean, I think that uh, after uh, the end of the second, the second, the first half, when those uh, those uh, as a drive that he made, Merce did with the catches that Mike did, and uh, they were, there were just three outstanding throws and catches. I mean, the balls had to be where they were for it to be caught, and and they were, and uh, so he just shows that he's got the capabilities. And given the fact that we were kicking the ball, we were going to get the ball at the start of the second half, I mean, sometimes you can say, well, just settle down and take it in and, and try to get it next time. But no, we were aggressive. We went back. We scored. And uh, then I was expecting us to be coming out all fired up and uh, and really take it to them in the second half because we closed on such a high note and figured that well, I was going to turn around. Well, it just didn't happen. And uh, you know, I think I don't, I don't. At this stage, we're just not playing very good, good football, and 
you know, certainly it comes back in the line. We're just not getting the running attack. Is the fact that uh, you know you're so used to that now. You, you people, some people didn't like the running attack. They like to see the passing attack, but now you see what see what happens when you don't have a good running attack. It's very hard to throw the ball as well. And uh, and they were changing some schemes. It sounded like with some of the comments made by the players that they they made some changes that they weren't ready for, and uh, in anticipation of uh, maybe freeing up one of their their defensive backs to blitz and things like that. And so uh, we just didn't adjust to that. And so uh, it's uh, it was disappointing because it really got away from us. And then when when Mertz got hurt and made the changes. Then it was just almost deja vu all over again with uh, what it was the week before, and so uh, I think you know, certainly Paul's got a got a lot of work to do with respect to getting it back on track. But he's shown he could do it before, and and we haven't been there that situation much in the past uh, recently, and uh, it's going to humble us a little bit and make sure we come back stronger than ever. This is the Pat Richter Show, one hundred point five ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand, and Pat. As we kind of turn our attention to uh, Bielema week here, as the Badgers do take on Brett Bielema, he's down in Illinois. Uh, we do a thing on on Tuesday, so this question, Pat, take it with a grain of salt. But we just kind of like to ask questions that we call, you know, trolling Tuesday questions that kind of, yeah, it could get you thinking. They're usually meant to just to kind of get a reaction out of people here. But I mean, what where do you think the Badger program would be, and would Brett Bielema still be the coach if he didn't if he hadn't left to go to Arkansas? Well, that's a good question. I uh, I'm not sure. I think that uh, there's certainly there's a lot of momentum there. I mean, there are different personalities, different people. Uh, uh, I think that this sometimes you get burned out a little bit. I think that uh, the, the program is certainly we certainly took a step backwards when Gary Anderson came, and and that uh, it's hard to measure how much of a loss that was because uh, you know we had a good momentum, and then when they came in, I mean. I think I mentioned on the show at the time that they were doing some exercises that uh, strength and conditioning, like jumping jacks. I've never, never seen that before in my my time, other than the fact that I did it as a player. That nobody did jumping jacks anymore. Well, I think we downsized a little bit, and that cost us some time and momentum. And uh, yet, there's a bubble coming through here right now. Either we've missed on the recruiting, but uh, I don't know. I think I think I think Brett would have been. he would have kept the continuity along. I'm not sure we would have had him any longer. He probably would have gone to the pro uh, after a few years, but uh, I think he would have kept it going in pretty good shape. But he could have, you know, had the slippages unless you keep good coaches staff on your staff and uh, and people that are aggressive in recruiting. You keep a new lifeblood in there. It's always tough to lose good people, and that's uh, and that's something that happened to him. But even now, you talk about. Anderson and things about him, and you look up and there's Matt Canada, coordinator, and and uh, Dave Aranda who've done really well. So it's really kind of hard to put your finger on it, but uh, I think he had the personality that uh, to challenge it and come back and be strong, and I think that's where Paul is at right now in terms of making that uh, making that clip, just because we've had pretty good success here for a long time. Yeah, and I, I think you probably end up in the, the same spot you're in, and there would be a different coach. And you know, the the Badgers, like you mentioned, they might have had a slight step back uh, in their recruiting just because of the different style of recruiting uh, with with Coach Anderson here. Uh, we, you know, we'll get to the Packers and we'll get to the Brewers and, and even the Bucks kicking up here soon. But I wanted to discuss 
Uh, one more thing with uh, obviously Urban Meyer, an Ohio State coach, and now with Jacksonville, uh, we're I don't say we're surprised. Uh, I mean, Urban having that kind of lapse of judgment to to be out in public and want to do what he did, but also understand like you're at your own steakhouse in Ohio, like you're kind of on a pedestal and in the spotlight there. Kind of reckless behavior, uh, just being in the public eye with that sort of stuff, regardless of uh, obviously the family implications. Yeah, well, these little blips have popped up. You know, he had some situations at uh, Florida and uh, with some of the people recruited as well as on the staff and uh and so he's had some difficult times there and in ohio state uh there were some questions there with respect to assistant coaches what what went on and things like that and that was a little messy and uh the thing that really was surprising to me and 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 i understand that he cleared with the general manager and whatever is that he asked to uh, stay, stay over and go to columbus to see his grandkids and and family, and uh, and that was a little unusual. I mean, I've never heard or seen a head coach do that, especially after you had a loss, and to to do that and not go back with the team. I mean, that that I think uh, is is really a critical uh, mistake that he made. Uh, you just well, it would have been he'd been better off to go back and then turn around and fly back if he wanted to ahead of the time. But certainly, what he had did and what he did with his time there is certainly saw a tremendous lapse of judgment. And and the difficult part that they've got to deal with now is, uh, you know, they, they apparently went in front of the team and kind of apologized and this and that and whatever. And then the second uh, video came out showed him being more of a participant than anything else. And uh, and that kind of went against what he had told the team, as I understand it. So, but the ownership uh, said he's going to have to gain the trust and whatever. It was a little bit of a surprise. It looks like they gave him a little bit of a pass on it. But certainly, uh, you know, just think of what that has to do in the locker room in terms of not coming back, and and then uh, and then all of a sudden this pops up. It certainly has got to do some damage that uh, I'm not sure it can be repaired. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin the Man. On the air, on demand, on social, on Wisconsin sports. Serving Wisconsin sports fans. This is 100.5 ESPN. How could I forget that I had given her an extra key? All this time she was standing there, she never took her eyes off me. Oh, you think I do, my access to your villa. Just for sun, I witness all of your clean on your pillar. You better watch your back before she turn into a killer. This could be the song from uh, Brian Gutenkunz. Stephen Gilmore is available. He's traded. Goody says, was it me? I think this is more Urban Meyer's song, oh, Jim. I know that. You have some news or reporting news, Ian Rappaport. What, uh, what's the latest before we get to Pat Richter on the Pat Richter Show on 0.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand? Yeah, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network and NFL.com reports, keep an eye on the Packers. For former Cowboys Pro Bowl linebacker Jalen Smith, who was cut this morning by the Cowboys, they are making a push. Coach Matt LaFleur was at Notre Dame with Smith and is a fan. Multiple teams still in the mix, and it's not over yet, according to Ian Rappaport. Well, Pat, what are your uh, thoughts on possibility of Jalen Smith and the Packers, again, just not moving aggressively enough for uh, Stephen Gilmore? We don't know what he'd be. He's on IR, but... Uh, with Jair Alexander, his injury status still up in the air. We'll, you know, hopefully we'll find out more about that. Kevin King not fully healthy uh, and not necessarily effective. 
Stokes being a rookie, Sullivan not much of anything. The, the Packers are pretty thin at corner. Instead of getting Gilmore, they signed a guy off the Cardinals practice squad, and it, it obviously frustrated Packer fans. Jalen Smith news could you know make Packer fans a little bit more excited, depending on what he has left in the tank. But uh, what are your thoughts in the last dance season of uh, Goody uh, trying to chase down or, or not chasing down these veterans? Well, you'd like to be a fly on the wall and hear the conversation. I don't know whether Aaron weighed in on that one or not, but it sounded like uh, Devontae was, uh, had uh, tweeted or sent a message to uh, Gilmore about uh, Packers and some word that he was interested in the Packers as well. So, I mean, I guess nobody would be surprised to see there was a sixth-rounder and, and whether or not they just decided that, they uh, they didn't want to you know they wanted just a straight signing free agency type of thing versus a a, a sixth round draft choice. I guess maybe that's something that'll be the first question out of somebody's mouth in the press conference when Goody gets up there. And so that's disappointing. But I think there's also some questions when you got a a lower leg injury or lower body injury. You know, the, the quad I think was, which is always a difficult thing because you know you get a helmet and a quad and that's. It can put you out again. So there may be some questions physically about whether or not he was able to uh, to perform as well. But I I certainly think that uh, if they believe that the Smith kid can play a little bit, I maybe there's been some conversation with somebody with Mike, uh, you know, uh, McCarthy, and see if he weighs in on that. I mean, there there's got to be enough information out there that if the Packers are going after him, they must have at least got a little bit of a nod that the guy was still worthy of it and because it seems to me that the uh, they've been doing a pretty good job with the guys they've got given the fact that they were uh, kind of thin as well but that's going to start to show up now when they realize not realize but they start to get a little bit more into the season when you know Zadarius Smith is not in there and Rashawn Gary's going to get a little bit more attention and he's not going to he's going to have to really step it up in terms of being the player that they thought he would be, he's certainly done a decent job. But now he's going to get uh, chipped on and he's going to get double teamed and things like this probably because they figure that they can't, can't perform or get a pass rush without uh, Smith in there. And so I think anybody that's uh, either in the line or rush end or in backing up uh, that they believe can be be uh, productive, I think the guys that they've gotten recently have been pretty decent and they filled in, but uh, I guess referring to the fact with respect to the uh, defense, you never have too many defenders, and I think that uh, he's got some good pedigree and enough people know about him that they should, uh, he should get a, somebody responsive to the Packers' uh, offers, I think. Well, moving to on the field, the uh, Packers, you know, they handled their business against the Steelers and, and did exactly what you needed to do. Uh, I came away kind of the same way I felt against the Lions game. And really, even the 49ers game, it really is just about the opponent. The 49ers were a better opponent. That game got closer. The Packers have been playing good, not great football, I think, for about three weeks now. Uh, they're the clear-cut leader for the uh, the division. They are in the conversation. It's too early to tell. Is Arizona? Is Tampa? Is Los Angeles? Who's the best team uh, in the NFC right now? The Packers are in that discussion, absolutely. Uh, but what were your takeaways from the Packers kind of manhandling the Steelers? One of them I had was I was surprised how far the Steelers have fallen, but I also, again, was comp- impressed with uh, the bounce back uh, of Randall Cobb. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, T.J. Watt was 100%. They certainly 
kind of took him out of the game, I think, and uh, getting the tight end over in front of him and making him move around. He also looked like he was in more of a pass coverage role as well. Maybe they decided to use him as a defender and not as a strong blitzer so much because of because of his injury. But uh, certainly they didn't uh, they didn't uh, have a very good day from Roethlisberger. I think those two long passes, he had a chance to lay it in there. Some of those, he probably said he could have would have made back in the heyday, but didn't happen. Certainly, Najee Harris uh, had a nice day, but I, I guess the, the thing to take away from me is the the defense is again the kind of bend but don't break. And I think, given the fact that we don't have an Aaron Daniels and uh, people like that in terms of uh, uh, the defense, that they've done a decent job. I think certainly the defensive backs situation is going to be tough, especially if we don't get a good pass rush in there. And maybe that's what they're thinking with this linebacker acquisition of Smith, that he's a good rush uh, linebacker, blitzes and things like this, maybe open it up. Because otherwise, I think that there's going to be deep trouble with respect to uh, you know, Burrow and uh, the other def- quarterbacks that are coming up along the line. Uh, the Bengals are going to be tough, but I think that the these games that are winning closely, you've got to take them the way that they are and that they come. And I think the fact that the you win win the game that you don't maybe play as as outstanding as you might have hoped uh, is always good because you got to believe that there's a little bit more left in the tank, and I think the fact that you got Aaron uh, uh, Cobb, Randall Cobb, get involved certainly that's got to make uh, Aaron get a little bit all excited and a little bit more enthused because take a little heat off of Devontae, and uh, I think that they you know it was. It could have been an interesting game with respect to those two long passes, but you know you take it what it is. I mean, sometimes you miss them, sometimes you don't. He certainly Aaron would say he missed a couple as well, but uh, certainly get Cobb in there, make people think a little bit more about him. Is going to open up things for Devontae, which I think is really good. Matt Lafleur said uh, today that they are still gathering opinions on Jerry Alexander's injury, trying to avoid surgery at all costs. He'll likely be out this week. He also said that Kevin King is uh, trending in the right direction, and hopefully he'll be back this week. So it's not, they're going to be without Jair this week. They could be with Kevin King, so at least uh, they're trying to do their due diligence of trying to avoid surgery, which could put out Alexander a little bit longer. Yeah, the AC joint is kind of an interesting piece of the body. I mean, if you, if you immobilize it, it may help because it doesn't swell as much. And uh, But you still think that even even the way he hit that person, uh, he thought it was something in the shoulder, but it was an awkward uh, hit. You know, that they, they could put a little, what they call a little chain in there, a brace, so it doesn't get popped out as much. But, uh, you know, you're, you're just not 100%. And so it'd be he's as good as he is, and, uh, and he is good good defensive back. You know, to be immobilized like that, and part of your body is not uh, is not an easy thing to do to go through at this level. And I think that uh, the fact that they got a second opinion is probably maybe more just as much for Alexander's comfort level as theirs in terms of him believing that maybe the, you could play with what you've got injured if you get it quieted down a little bit. But I would say it's pretty hard to see that he's going to be playing this week, and uh, certainly. You know, you start the season and you think you got enough guys. It seems like we have a lot of defensive backs, and maybe it'd be nice for us to get to some of those guys that got away from us a few years ago, like Micah Hyde and his back, the ones that uh, we couldn't hang on to. And so, uh, hopefully, the kid that they pick up is 
will be good in this system. And uh, that's about all you can do right at this point because I think that uh, they've had a tough schedule, a tough uh, few games here. And once you get past those, I think it's going to be a little bit easier in terms of not necessarily letting up but giving a little bit of a breather because they're running all over the country. Uh, I, mean, I don't know who puts the schedule together, but you'd think you'd want to play in Green Bay a little more while the better climate is in there. And now it looks like they kind of backloaded the thing with respect to getting teams in Lambeau when it's a cold season. Yeah, the Packers have a little bit of an easier run here. They have, what, the Bengals, the Bears. Alex, what's the, there's one more easy one in there. Washington, uh, is, Washington is after the Bears. Yeah, yep. all winnable games. for the. And then it cranks back up to kind of a gauntlet that yeah, they'll be starts, running there. And it starts on a Thursday night at the end of the month again on the road at Arizona, the yeah. only undefeated team left. Yeah, so it does crank back up as you're alluding to there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It seems seem like this is the way it happened last year. We kind of had some rough edges and whatever, and then all of a sudden we make a streak in there in terms of uh, make a good run of things and pick off some games that we should pick off. But, you know, nevertheless, it would be difficult. But then then on the road back to to uh, to, Can- to uh, the Cardinals, you know, it just seems like every year we get this kind of situation. Although, you know, we're in the middle of the Midwest, I think we got to understand that it's not like, you know, when we were in Washington, you used to have to play in L.A. It's not that difficult. But uh, anytime you're playing on a short le- le- uh, leash in terms of, uh, I don't think we have a bye week before that game. And then you've got to get ready. You play a Sunday or Sunday night, and then you got to get on the plane and get out to uh, to the Cardinals, and and they're sitting at home. And uh, being, I don't know where they're playing the week before, but hopefully they're on the road someplace. This is the Pat Richter Show. We got sounds of the week coming up next, but first I want to tell you about the good folks Jeff and Kim at J and K Security Solutions. Jeff and Kim do a fantastic job. Uh, you hear about them all the time on the air. You hear me talk about all the great things to do in the community. And if you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call to make, J&K Security Solutions. At J&K, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 255-799 or visit jksecurity.com. This is the Pat Richter Show at 100.5 ESPN, ESPN App, and Wisconsin. The man. Varsity, the best of the Badgers on Wisconsin On Demand. Since 93, I've never taken a field against anyone not thinking we had a legitimate chance to win. Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast, brought to you by Metro Ford on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Oak Park Place offers seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with the abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Nicoba neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. More. This is the Pat Richter Show, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. He's Alex Schroff. I'm Jim Rutledge. Time now for Sounds of the Week. These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. 
Away we go, Pat. Uh, let's start with the guy we start with every week, I think. Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show on SiriusXM yesterday. He said a slew of things, but uh, let's start with a joke for Mr. Rodgers. He talked about, uh, you know, how San Francisco maybe was reaching out to him this offseason, how he had a little glance with Mike Tomlin when they played Pittsburgh this past weekend, but he says, hey, don't you worry about Cincinnati. I mean, there was, I guess, the last two weeks, you know, Niners, uh, you know, there was conversation, obviously an icy handshake kind of between Kyle and Matt. And they obviously had a conversation around draft day, and there was rumors about that. And then I say something nice about Mike. I mean, I think Cincinnati's pretty safe because, you know, they got a good young quarterback, and I don't think they're really interested <laughs> in that, you know, in the old bull. They got the young calf right now. They don't want the old bull, you know? What? <laughs> what do you make? Of the, I don't know if you caught it, uh, Pat, but on on Sunday afternoon, Mike yep. Tomlin called a timeout when Aaron Rodgers was trying to get a 12 man on the field free play, and they kind of had like an odd exchange where they were laughing at one another. Do you think that was really like free agency flirting, if you will, or do you think that was just you know I'm going to pay my respect way to catch me? No, I think I think Tomlin knew exactly what he was going to do if that ever came up like that, and he. Uh, he, he bound me. Yeah, who knows? He maybe even tried to, to bait him into it just so he could get it done. Because uh, uh, you know, I think that when respect to uh, it made him call a timeout and everything else. But I, he, he knew exactly what he was doing because I just wondered when he saw Aaron smiling like that, and you can see the little wry smile on Tomlin's face. He's been around a long time, too long for that to have happened. And uh, and that's it's I think that much more of that situation than any kind of. Uh, future uh, love nest this is the pat richter show i'm going to just give you a little bit of uh news here brought to you by metro kia madison metro kia madison uh your, Mad- your madison's trusted kia dealership home of the 20 year 200,000 mile warranty and the 1995 oil change right now matt lafleur said at least i'm seeing it come through about a minute ago that if jair alexander does have surgery that will most likely end his season so that explains why the Packers are really going out of their way to find any solutions that does not require surgery. Right, so the actual quote here, Pat, and we'll have you react to it, from Matt LaFleur, the question is, will Jair Alexander need surgery? The response was, quote, we're still gathering opinions on that. I know we're going to try to avoid that at all costs, end quote, but he went on to say uh, he is probably going to avoid surgery but would not say how long he will be out so uh they, they kind of set the benchmark earlier this week for wednesday is when they'd have updates seems like they still don't which to me seems like bad news what do you make of that pat i would agree i think that uh, the fact that anytime you mention it whether or not it's a reality or whether it'll happen or not uh, is means that it's pretty serious and i think that uh, that's when the uh, you know the player probably gets the way in a little bit i think there's a difference of opinion there in terms of you know is this something that's let go on and re-injuring it or whatever and making it worse is that a, a career uh, killer type of thing or not i mean i think that uh, a lot of people think the ac joint is something that just you know everybody gets one sooner or later more likely and has a problem with it and something you can kind of play through but uh, you know the question is effectiveness i mean there's a fact that he stand out there if you're on the other side of the equation if Burrell, for example, is sitting back there and saying, well, am I not going to throw to him because 
Well, he's playing there, but he's forget about the fact that he's injured. No, I'm going to I'm going to press him on it. You're going to you're right. going to run the ball. You're going to maybe swing out a, a defensive uh, or a, a big back out into the flat, make him uh, make him tackle and things like that. So there's sometimes a situation is maybe better off where somebody that's not the experience that uh, he is and is capable. Given the circumstances, he's he's hurt. Uh, he doesn't play up to his abilities that he can because he's just not not capable of doing it. And you're better off getting somebody that can run and is going to hit because it's just not all pass coverage. It's got to be run coverage as well. That's, that's yeah, certainly just not ideal uh, for Jair Alexander. We'll keep an eye on it, but you make a great point there, Pat. He's he's a defensive guy, right? So he's going to be have to, having to lay some hits, and if you do not have a good shoulder, that's probably not a good equation. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on that here on 100.5 ESPN as we get more updates throughout the course of the next couple weeks. But let's stick with Aaron Rodgers here. Randall Cobb had a real good game on Sunday, Pat. Two touchdowns for him, his first two touchdowns of the year. I believe his first multi-touchdown game since 2015 uh, for Randall Cobb. So it's been a while since he's been in the end zone twice. And Aaron Rodgers says, well, we'd like to see that happen again. Here's Aaron Rodgers. I think it was a perfect storm in, in, in some respects because with Marquez getting injured, that left us with, you know, Devontae Allen and, and Randall starting the game in 11 personnel. Randall, I, I saw, had, had an average of 16 snaps a game the first three weeks, which is just not enough. And he had enough and capitalized on Sunday. Do you think this Randall Cobb from Aaron Rodgers connection continues long term or as MVS gets back into play you think he might get back down to maybe 16 snaps a game well I think he's if he is 100% MVS I think he's going to have a little difficulty breaking in there because uh, I think Aaron may be talking to the, the Packer fans here out here but also maybe laying a little bit of information out there for Cincinnati the fact that they say you know, he's going to be his favorite he's going to go there and maybe they'll think there's been a little bit more emphasis than not so he may be giving a smoke screen but certainly Cobb has always been a really solid guy I mean great locker room guy he's a good quality person he makes the ball catch he runs very effectively he's not the biggest guy but for the slot it's a perfect situation for him and I think we saw Sunday that he can take the heat off of Devontae and, uh, and Lazard can get in there as well and uh, hopefully Tanyan he was kind of uh, out of the picture on last Sunday, but certainly he's got plenty of uh, juice in as well. So I think that uh, he's, a, he's a good addition, and he's uh, doing what he's capable of doing. And I think the fact that he wants him to be in for more plays uh, is a couple of different things. It could be a smoke screen in terms of the, uh, the opponents coming up, in terms of how they might play him. But it's certainly effective because he knows he's a good, dependable receiver. He knows who he's going to be. And then, just like a quarterback can dictate what he wants to do, I remember I told a story about Jurgensen when we were down in Chicago against the Bears, and I room with him. It's always good to room with a quarterback, be close to him. But uh, and he said, "Just get open," and so he did. And I got three touchdown passes that day. So that's the way it is now with with Randall, the way he is, and being dependable as he is. You know, Aaron can make it happen, and uh, he, can, he can get the ball in just about to anybody anytime he wants to. And so that's – if you're Randall Cobb, you got to be all excited. So you're telling me if I eventually reach my full athletic potential, Pat, I should become really good friends with the nearest quarterback, right? 
Absolutely. Just like now, you should be very, very, very close to the guys that run Good Karma. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to start rooming with Jim Rutledge. That sounds like a true treat. Uh, Speaking of wide receivers, though, Keyshawn Johnson of of Keyshawn J. Will and Max in the morning show here on ESPN Radio joined Homer and Tony, which runs across from us on 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee, yesterday and said, as long as the Packers keep winning, Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback. think they're going to lose him, especially if they do what they're capable of doing, which is winning and winning it all. I don't think they're going to lose him despite whatever demands he had. I just believe it's, it's very difficult to walk away from a winning situation. Tom Brady didn't walk away from a winning situation. Tom Brady walked away from a losing proposition in the end. He went to a better situation, much like his head coach, former head coach Bill Belichick said. He went to a better situation in Tampa than they could present him in New England. I don't know that there's a better situation in the NFL right now than the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, I I like that take by Keyshawn Johnson. Not a better situation for A-Rod then Green Bay. Do you agree, Pat? Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's right on target. I think that, uh, you know, when you start to pick it apart a little bit, it's like you look at Brady, what he did, went to Tampa. I mean, he could pull everybody around that team of his, but he was leaving a situation. I mean, they played pretty well against the, the, the New England and played a pretty good, much uh, a tough game against the Bucks last week, and they did well. But overall, he's kind of rebuilding and, and getting started. He's uh, you only get supposed to go through these situations, you know, a couple of times. And you start to get parity coming up in the league. And so for him to leave, you know, that's a high-risk situation. I mean, there's nobody out there right now that you say, well, they've got the potential to say they can just throw all kinds of money out there and, and make a, a better team out of it. And so you, you put that into the equation. You put into the, the years of service that he's been there, 16 years, the equity he's built up with the fan base and the Packers and the organization and everything else in terms of the people that love to see him play here at the Green Bay, all those kinds of things. I mean, that's a roll of the dice. I mean, uh, and, and everybody's not going to be amenable to saying, okay, yeah, you can retool our team no matter what you want to do. It's your it's your call, and uh, very few guys want to do that. And Maybe the Broncos are, maybe that's a possibility, I don't know, but you got to be able to be putting people in the right places, and you got salary caps. You got all kinds of situations like that that uh, makes that a very difficult situation. This is the Pat Richter Show, one hundred point five ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the Man. Varsity, the best of the Badgers on Wisconsin on demand. Does Jim Leonard have anything? I was thinking like the turnover teddy bear. We're good, thanks. <laughs> Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast, brought to you by Metro Ford on Wisconsin on demand and wherever you get your podcasts. The Brewers are set to take on. Who do they play here? Do they play the Cardinals? They play the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta, Jim. that's right. They play the Atlanta Braves. They set set take on the Atlanta Braves. That'll be on Friday. That'll be right here on these airwaves. You and I'll be on from one to three. I'm looking forward to uh, getting done early. Oh yeah, 
That's yeah. right. We you, will you've be got done. an early start to your week. I still have prep mania that night, but uh, you'll have an early start to your weekend on Friday. Fantastic. That's even better news. I haven't it. seen you smile this big in like a week. It's been a week. Uh, no, uh, this is the Pat Rector Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. No Devin Williams for this. <sighs> but you have Woodruff and Burns going. The Braves are not. I mean, they're a good baseball team, but they could be the worst team in the playoffs. Cardinals are playing hot. Pat, what uh, what some keys for you as the Brewers take on the Braves in this first series? Well, I think they've got to get a mental frame of mind. I think it... Uh, uh, Craig was uh, talking about the fact that you know he didn't really mind uh, the fact that they weren't winning these last games. I think they lost what ten out of fourteen or something like that, and didn't really make much difference in terms of uh, the the, uh, the situation where they finished in the, in the in the head of the division. But the fact is, is that you got to now turn that switch a little bit and saying, okay, this is this is for the chips now, and we got to play hard and and we got to get our top pitchers in there and this is not going to be just giving people work and and uh, getting a chance to move things around and see what people can do and things like that it's it's back to serious business again and i think that's probably just the main thing because i think that the as you mentioned before in this in the show you know i think that they've got enough players that they just you know it's just not going to fall flat at one particular point in time i mean they may get make it you know small runs uh, things like there's one or two runs or things like that but there's just enough guys there that are ready to step up and i think that always gives a motivation you know whether it's the catchers or pina and uh, he's got to say well i got to get a home run or whatever and adamus adamus is out there escobar you know, we have local block. Uh, Telez seems like he's stepped back into the role. Taylor is a solid guy. I think the you know you talk about all these people and you kind of surprise yourself as you haven't mentioned word about Yelich. And I think that this will be an important series for him, getting a start back of the playoffs because he's uh, he's been kind of struggling late. Now things are really buckling down in terms of. Uh, the playoffs, and, and he's going to really step up and do a job. And I think if that's the case, everybody will be uh, going to pull up by the bootstraps all the way around. Everybody's going to be just looking for that. And hopefully he'll get back on track because he's uh, he's too good of a guy to be uh, not uh, hitting the way he should be in terms of whether he was just only on MVP-type days or not. But certainly he's being paid a lot of money. And I think that bothers him a little bit. In fact, he's not performing. So hopefully he'll get back on track. But I think they've just got a lot of good guys. The one I'm concerned a little bit about is Woodruff. He seems to have gotten hammered pretty good the last couple of times. And, uh, you know, Burns seems to be as solid as can be. And uh, But I think Woodruff, he can get off to a good start. And uh, they can get some runs behind him. He's going to be solid. With the format, though, it does put a lot of pressure even though, I mean, look, the Card- the Dodgers have a lot of pressure on them. I mean, Cardinals, they, too, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, the Dodgers, just because they're the, they're actually, I think a lot of people view them as the favorite, yep. but they got to get by this one game. But there's pressure on the Brewers because one bad start, and if it's that start down in the, you know, at home, all of a sudden things get really, really tight for the Brewers. And then, then all of a sudden pressure could come in. We haven't been playing well. There's such a mental aspect to baseball, especially in the playoffs, that is hard to account for. So, uh, that that first start is going to be, uh, you know, one of the most important starts of the postseason. 
Yeah, and if they can ever unwrap what why they seem to be a better road team than home team, I mean that if that continues, which is made difficult to do that, but uh, that's actually a real advantage if you, because especially if you like to say get, you know lose a game at home, it flips in terms of home field advantage, and then you can sure make sure if on your road record that you're playing well on the road, and so hopefully that's the case. Uh, if even if they do, uh, uh, you know, be successful at home. Getting on the road and winning and getting a little bit more time off is a very valuable situation as well. Well, uh, Pat, uh, you know, with that, I did have one more question about baseball here. There was now I can't remember exactly how it came up uh, on social media, but Homer, uh, Steve, the Homer True, uh, kind of just talked about how I believe he just he doesn't listen to the show enough, Pat, because he did not believe that Title IX was the main driving force behind um, baseball at UW, uh, and I figured, you know what? You could just listen to the Pat Rector show. I kind of teased it that you can kind of, you know, unfortunately, but uh, kind of set the record straight at rehashing, you know, what happened with baseball at the University of Wisconsin and what went into that decision for you. Yeah, well, it was, certainly Title IX was part of it. I mean, it maybe wasn't the whole situation, but we were financially strapped. We were, you know, we were in a two point one million dollar deficit that we had. We had uh, we had to uh, prove that we get ability to uh, write ourselves with the state uh, legislative bureau and audit bureau and things like that. And so there's a lot of credibility at stake. You know, the, the fields was were not in great shape in terms of. Uh, Accessibility, so our, we had to do some improvement of the facilities, and uh, and, and Title Nine. But you know, it's probably uh, it might have been a sixty forty or something like that, but close to fifty fifty, because uh, it was one of the main factors. But if if in fact it would have been another sport, the same situation would have occurred, whether it was uh, wrestling or crew or whatever. We had to get our numbers down, but uh, it was certainly a, a part of it. But it wasn't the whole situation. It was wrapped into that whole discussion with respect to finances as well as Title IX. Do you ever see it coming back, Pat? It's very difficult. The fact is, is that once you get to back to proportionality or what they want you to do in terms of make basically mirror your uh, demographics on your uh, student body, and uh, if in fact you've got a 60-40 student body, female to male, theoretically your program has got to mirror that. That's what they try to do, and so. To do that, you'd, if you brought back baseball and say with 30 athletes and a million or two million dollar budget, you'd have to do the same thing on the women's side, just to re- remain in that proportionality mode. So it'd be very hard. And then you've got all your collateral things with strength and conditioning and uh, and uh, academic advising and training and things like that. So it's it's much more difficult because it's not just one sport coming back. You're going to have to bring back two. Well, Pat, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks. Talk to you next week. This has been the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man.